Welcome to a new episode of the Talking Blues podcast. And well, this Sunday, normal episode, or at least when it comes out on Monday mornings, was supposed to be like any old episode. Now, once we brought the podcast back uh, a couple months ago, an Aston Villa 2 0 victory, which has been mostly like every other Chelsea match this season um, since Graham Potter has become manager of Chelsea Football Club. However, that ends today and with this episode, as this episode has turned from an Aston Villa Chelsea recap to a sacking of Graham Potter episode. And we are here to talk about it. It's Josh and my co-host and friend Peter. Alex, it's our spring break for school. So uh, Alex decided to take his international break and he is now in Portugal. But you know what? That's his loss because he's going to miss this gem of a podcast. Peter, um, well, I, I guess we've been here for a while now. It's been just you know under a few months, honestly, that Graham Potter has been the manager of Chelsea Football Club. But everything and anything that he has brought to the table has not worked. Whether that's the signings from Todd Bowley, and that could this could be partially Bowley with all the signings uh, that he brought in, and obviously we can loop in the stuff with the match too. However, this is probably going to be more of a Potter overall type looking back episode and what's next for the manager position at Chelsea. Um, but I mean, you look at Mudrik's performance yesterday um, and, and you look at kind of these new additions that are being brought in and just the pieces don't fit together. Uh, and that showed up in yet another defeat yesterday. Uh, it just got worse and worse throughout the match. Ben Chilwell having that goal disallowed due uh, to the push off nothing really went right for the team yesterday. And I guess it was the final mark for Potter's role as a manager of this team. We heard yesterday uh, that Chelsea, I mean, Peter, I know, I know you can go kind of go over the report uh, of they were not so pleased with Potter or something along those lines. We knew that came out yesterday. However, we, uh, I don't know if we were prepared for the news uh, to come out on the Sunday afternoon for us or a Sunday night in England. Okay, Peter, I'll send it to you now uh, for your thoughts on the sacking of Graham Potter. Well, I think it's 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 time. I think it's fair. I tried my best for as long as possible to come up with excuses and be supportive of him as much as I could. I mean, you if we were still recording the podcast if we didn't go on our hiatus you would see that i would be kind of saying well it's the players i mean look at we created a bunch of chances we dominated the game they just didn't score but i mean enough's enough at some point and i mean the game yesterday or two days ago when we were going to release it is just it's it, it, it had to happen i mean like you said josh mudrick's performance but i mean extending that to literally every single player's performance it was just awful he literally i think potter literally came into the game just picked the best people in his opinion and would literally just told them just play we had zero tactics we had zero things i mean we played somewhat well going forward defensively awful we had two uh wing backs cucarella and reese james as a center back we were playing a one center back system in a back three which is never going to work and then the subs where he brings on Madweke at right wing back Pulisic at left wing back after moving Chilwell who was our best attacking player biggest attacking threat obviously like you said Josh the disallowed goal moving him back to left center back I mean that game being the last game is so poetic because just everything he did it was just so bad and it was just I couldn't it was just what was he thinking and I mean obviously two no loss against Aston Villa I mean at that point 
you have to say something because funnily enough, we now have one win throughout Potter's time this season. We have one win against a top 10 team. That top 10 team is Aston Villa, and they wouldn't have been a top 10 team if we beat them today. So they, we only have one win against a top 10 team because we lost to them yesterday. And I mean, with the rest of the season, we are, I mean, the season's over, basically. Only the Champions League. We're bringing in, I don't know, I don't, some random interim guy. Um, no offense uh, to whoever. Bruno Saltor, to uh, yeah. be specific. Who? Yeah, respectfully. Okay. Okay. <laughs> respectfully, with other respect, who can't be worse than Potter though. So I'm gonna stick by him, and I'll, I hopefully it turns out better. But I mean, it's just it was time. I mean, originally going into this episode, I was prepared to go on a five minute rant about how bad Potter's been the entire time and how much he needs to go. I literally texted in uh, me, Alex, and Josh's group chat. I was literally complaining. I was like, oh, you guys aren't prepared for the podcast episode tomorrow. Oh, you guys are not ready to hear me rant for 10 minutes about it. But instead, I'm ranting happily about him finally being gone. And uh, I do, if you have the, do you have the report pulled up, Josh, or do you want me to say it? Uh, the report on Potter's Sacking? I was just going to say the one from yesterday because... Oh, no, 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 I don't. I thought you were going to have... <laughs> I, well, I do. I was just saying. But oh. <laughs> it basically said that they were very supportive of him, February and March, now April, obviously, and this loss put a bunch of pressure on him, and they were discussing internally whether to get sacked. To kind of transition to the future, uh, the last part, a little throwaway sentence at the end, Fabrizio said, Julian Nagelsmann, uh, manager of Bayern, who was recently fired uh, and got replaced by Thomas Tuchel, funnily enough, is very much appreciated by Chelsea decision makers. So now that Potter's gone, perhaps uh, Nagelsmann is the way out. And there's also been reports about Luis Enrique, uh, Pochettino, the ex-manager of Spurs, Hansi Flick, ex-manager of Germany. Uh, I mean, it's just... There's so many options, and I mean, I guess Bruno, whatever his name is. Uh, you want sorry. again? Yes, please. Bruno Saltor, yeah. Saltor, okay, sorry. Uh, I mean, I, w- I want to hear your thoughts, Josh, and because I've been talking for, I've done my rant back to your opening rant, so now, <laughs> what are your thoughts on the future? Uh, well, I'll ask you that. Well, in order to look at the future, we got to look back at the past, right? And Graham Potter's Chelsea career by the numbers and 31 games that he was managing the team, only 12 wins from Chelsea. So 12 out of 31, you can do the math. 10 defeats, 8 draws, 33 goals scored, 31 goals conceded. That's a 39% win rate. And that win rate is actually the lowest of any permanent manager at the club in the 21st century. Do that. So anything's a step up. <laughs> yeah. Bruno uh, I mean, Sutter, or Sutter, exactly. or whatever it is. Yeah. It so, I mean, I, that is really the past to look at the future. Um, I found that stat very interesting and uh, very truthful that you even look back to the success or later parts of his managerial, managerial, managerial. Um, uh, a time with the team and Frank Lampard, still a better manager than Potter. And we even knew when Lampard was uh, sacked by the team, we were questioning whether they should have given him more time or if it was a very quick decision uh, to get rid of Lampard. But that was in the past. And yeah, now we look towards the future. So really anything's a step up than Potter. Honestly, this could be um, an end of season hire with Salter getting added in and Nagelsmann could definitely be coming in with a fresh new slate with uh, this offseason once the Premier League ends. 
However, Chelsea is going into an important match. They are still in the Champions League, funny enough, which, you know, we, they sack Potter here. And it's just like, yes, the Premier League is over, but Chelsea still have a chance here. Not a big chance. They're playing Real Madrid, but they do still have a chance in the quarterfinals of, right? Yeah, the quarterfinals of the Champions League. So that run isn't over yet. They're not going to be there next year, but that run this year isn't over yet. And uh, we'll have to see if Saltor is there for that. But I do believe that we will see a... I mean, this is an interim hire that literally it literally says in the report that from Fabrizio Romano, Bruno Saltor will take care of Chelsea as interim coach. So he will not be here much longer. Um, this is just stepping in right now and he'll lead them along the way for who knows how long. I would say it's either going to be through the rest of the Premier League season uh, and then in the off season, in the, you know, the window in the summer, that's when Chelsea will get a new manager or he'll be the interim coach for the next week or so as Chelsea and Todd Bowley probably does a deep search of the options that he has and then selects one within the next week or so. I believe that's what the one of the two options. I think you either ride salts or out for the rest of the season or you get a Nagelsmann or Enrique or one of those uh, within the next week or so. That That's my opinion on the future of this club. Yeah, well, interestingly enough, in the club statement that Chelsea put out, they said specifically that uh, wish them luck for the last 10 games of the Premier League season and the big match in the Champions League quarterfinals, which, I mean, that could just be a statement saying, hey, support this guy well for the next week, like you said, until we can hire Nagelsmann or someone. Or it also could be a hint that we're saying season's a throwaway, we'll put our trust in him, and then we'll, like you said, we'll bring in Nagelsmann and Enrique in the summer, preseason, clean state, and work our way from there. I mean, personally, like I said, I don't know who Bruno Saltor is, so I'm not sure how confident I am in his ability to uh, take us far in the Champions League. The Premier League, I really don't care about anymore. It, we're bad. We're not getting relegated, I hope, unless we lose out, which I don't think we'll do. But, I mean, at this point, I don't know. But the Champions League against Real Madrid, against a world-class manager, against Alotti, uh I'm not sure how uh, confident I am in Saltor going up against him. So I would preferably like to see a higher sooner rather than later. But then again, I can also see rushing someone in right in the middle of the season frantically isn't always the best idea and might not work out as well as just having Saltor in there. Yeah, so, I mean, you said you don't really know much on Saltor, if anything, so I think for our listeners, if they don't know either, let's go into him a little bit. So Bruno Saltor is actually 42 years old, uh, former player in the Premier League, as well as in the game of soccer itself or football. Uh, he was actually born in Spain, and that's where he played most of his time at the right-back position, he was a Chelsea uh, assistant coach. So let's go into this a little bit. So he played in the... Uh, in Spanish football for from 1999 all the way into, um, let's see, 2009. Peter, what is Valencia? Where are they located? What? Somewhere in Spain. Helpful, I know. Yeah, okay. So they're still, okay. So they're, yeah, let me just make sure. Uh, yeah, they are still a Spanish football side. Okay. So I guess Valencia was the top of where he went in Spanish football. So he actually played from 1999 to 2012 uh, in Spain. Then he made the move to the Premier League. He actually played for Brighton and Hove Albion from 2012 to 2019. Once he finished his playing career with Brighton in English football, uh, he then decided to try the managerial side of things. And he was a coach at Brighton from 2019 to 2022. 
And he then became an assistant at Chelsea for the 2022 and now 2023 uh, season. So he's been with Chelsea as an assistant coach for the past couple years. I want to see his exact role as a coach with Brighton. He was the senior player development coach at Brighton um, and was hired there in June of 2019. And then in September of this season. So he's just been with uh, an assistant with the team um, with Graham Potter. So he followed Graham Potter here to Chelsea. Uh, And then I obviously now steps in from the assistant to the head coach um, with the end of Potter's time here as he was sacked. Uh, This is very not surprising when it comes to coaches when they're fired. I think this comes if you're a uh, multi-sport fan. This isn't just like a, a soccer type of move. Uh, when coaches are fired during season, it is normal that there isn't a coach that managers or owners know to hire immediately. Uh, and they normally turn to the assistant coach who then steps up and becomes that interim head coach. This is nothing new in the sporting world. A very obvious choice that Chelsea's not going to go immediately have someone ready to step in. That's kind of, you could say like a quote unquote in the free agent market of managers um, out there. They're going to use the people that they have in house, which in this case is their assistant head coach and have him become the interim head coach. So yeah, I I mean, now we're left here with, like you said, Peter, kind of like a, a quote, a throwaway season. That's really what this is. And it sucks. Do we play the youngsters more now? Um, I don't know. I'm kind of in a pickle of what to go to next because I don't know. I, are we really recapping this game that happened yesterday? I guess it's really not relevant anymore. Well, I think it? we should do. Do you want to do like a? At we've started recording. We're at 14 minutes now. At, we have to. We're, let's recap it. Two minutes starting now. Basically, uh, Keppa <laughs> can't long shot very bad we need a new keeper in the summer whether it's mendy coming back and he's back to his old form we need something uh defensively i said it earlier playing two wing backs at uh, two of the center back spots potter i have no idea what he's doing he made reese james look like one of the worst players i've ever seen in my life when he's obviously up there as the most talented player at the club midfield wise enzo fernandez is enzo fernandez i mean he's just brilliant but he's so out of place compared to everyone else to be honest he just looks so much better it's so sad seeing him go from argentina playing with messi and looking happy to losing till to know the aston villa Kovacic, solid as usual. And then I feel like something important that we forgot to mention, even though obviously it is a bit of a throwaway. And Golo Kante coming back, very big. And he looked good. He looked good. He was he was being his usual self, running everywhere. He it's great to have him back. He looked talented. He he looked he looked like usual in Golo Kante. And I think that's very important for our Champions League run because we know how big of a factor he was in uh, us winning uh, a few years ago. And now to be back, hopefully at his best after getting a, enough time off. I mean, that would be huge. And then I going forward, Jao Felix needs to learn how to pass the ball sometimes instead of dribbling through like three defenders. It works sometimes, and when it does work, it looks brilliant, but it only works 30% of the time. And the other times he has players wide open to pass to, and he just doesn't pass. Uh, and then, like you said earlier, Makala uh, Mudrik, not a good performance again. I mean, he's on an eight-year contract. He has time to grow. Obviously, not ideal, but we'll give him time. And I'm sure we can see the talent there. 
and it just doesn't work out on the system. And my closing thoughts with 10 seconds left on this two-minute mini re- little recap, Graham Potter's gone, and so maybe we now we'll get some competent subs instead of bringing on Connor Gallagher and Christian Pulisic to play left wing back in center mid when we're down 2-0 with 10 minutes left. Thank you, everyone. I got two things to add to that. No, one th- just really one thing to add to that. Um, what are your thoughts on uh, Ollie Watkins' goal <laughs> in the 18th minute? <laughs> I mean, that's just brilliant defending right there from Koulibaly. You know, don't yeah. tell Kukurella everything. And I mean, oh, Kukurella, what a brilliant assist right there. Oh, <laughs> ma- magical right there. Perfectly cushioned header right into the path of Ollie Watkins so we can ship it over. Kemba, <laughs> who is short as hell and has short arms so he can't even reach it or run back. He just stood there. You know, absolutely brilliant attacking work from our defenders right there to help uh, Aston Villa score the goal. Absolutely brilliant from them. I have to say, I think that goal kind of did sum up not just Graham Potter's time with Chelsea, but this Chelsea season as a whole. I think that was a perfect goal to sum it up completely, uh, to put Aston Villa up 1-0. Peter, did you mention this quote-unquote breaking news, I guess you could say, from Fabrizio? It came out like about 10 minutes ago with Nagelsmann. Yeah, I, well, I didn't mention it. I mentioned it that, that they uh, he talked about it in the tweet yesterday, how Nagelsmann was appreciated. And I, I had it pulled up, but I forgot because I went into my little tangent. But yes, yeah, he's my best friend. Should I say it or should you say it? No, I mean, it's up to you. Uh, well, basically, Fabrizio said that uh, Julian Nagelsmann is the favorite to become the next Chelsea coach. And he was mentioned yesterday in internal dialogue uh, about the club, probably when they were saying, okay, if we're sacking him, who is our favorite to replace him? Who do we want here? And clearly they are a fan of Julian Nagelsmann and obviously he's now available. But the only problem, as I think he's a really young, talented coach, but the problem is his system is a five at the back much like Potter was using at the end. And the problem is we have so, so, so many wingers. Like we had yesterday, where we had to have Pulisic and Madweke playing at wing back. That's not good for their development. That's not good. That's not their original position. Playing in such a a system like that, it doesn't really fit the players we have, which is the problem we've been having forever with Chelsea, where we buy players for one system, and then we get a new manager in whose system doesn't fit, so then all the players are out of place, and it just repeats the cycle. And as much as I think he's a talented coach, if he brings along that five at the back system, I think it's not going to be great for the development of a lot of our players. So that's really the only downside. And I think that's something important to mention, though I do think he is perfect for us where he's young and he can grow along with all our players for this project. And clearly Chelsea thinks so too, as he is now the favorite, like Fabrizio says. Yeah, um, I think that's it. I mean, we, we could say the same things over and over again, uh, achieving the same goals that we did in these whatever 20 minutes but it just comes to the same conclusion that uh graham potter has been sacked by chelsea football club they now have bruno saltor who is the assistant manager starting this year uh has now succeeded i guess you could say uh to interim head coach for the next few weeks or for the remainder of the premier league season we'll see how long he lasts and Chelsea are looking towards the future, not just with their new signings in the past few months, but also um, at the manager spot. So we thank you for listening to this, uh, what should I say, breaking news episode of the Talking Blues podcast. Hit the subscribe button for more content and go follow us on Twitter at Talking Blues Pod. Go to shipitstudios.com slash Talking Blues to find more places to listen. Give us five stars. And again, we appreciate you listening. We'll see you next time for another episode of the podcast. Peace. 
Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.